Hey, Jonathan here. Before we get into the episode, I want to let you know that this is actually part two of a really long episode we recorded for last week. So if you haven't listened to episode 51 yet, go back and check that out first and then come back here to listen to uh, this episode 52, where we talk about systems for building an authority business, specifically on the topics of marketing, admin, and health and well-being. All right, let's get back into the show already in progress. Mm, marketing is next. Marketing. And I, I suppose a sort of subset of that is the PR piece. I mean, there's a ton of stuff under marketing, I suppose. Yeah, but. yeah. I would put social media under marketing. I put my blog writing under marketing. I put this podcast under marketing. I mean, really, we talked about writing, but it's it, it's really content. And so with an authority business, your content is critical. And that's typically what you're marketing, except you're marketing it with your spin on it, right? So Jonathan, part of your spin is writing every day and what you write about it and the way that you do things are like a staccato approach sometimes, right? It's it's that in live in the moment kind of thing. So that's how I look at marketing all those pieces. Now, do you have a system? And we talked about writing, but do you have a system for the other things you're doing in marketing? Do I have a system? Well, let me think. What else am I doing in marketing? Writing the daily email is certainly the big thing. I have systems for when I do a webinar, although I haven't done one in a while. They were pretty successful. I probably should do more of those. Uh, but I had a, you know, a, a same thing, run book. Here's what you do two days before. Here's what you do the day before. Here's what you do, you know, 90 minutes, T minus 90 minutes. Here's what you do T minus 60 minutes. Boom, 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 giant checklist. Here's what you do after it's over, down to things like lock your office door before the webinar because the maintenance <laughs> guy sometimes comes in, like like a very detailed list. Perfect. And then I, very important, after it's over, unlock the door so you don't lock yourself out when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> so <laughs> all hard won experience put down in a, in a step-by-step document. What else do I do for marketing? Well, podcasting is the big thing. So we've already talked about that a little bit. And I'm doing a new thing with the VA that is going to be interesting. It's probably too soon to talk about, but it's going to be videos, YouTube, basically a YouTube thing, and very much going to have a system, maybe more detailed than any of the ones I've mentioned so far, but we have, I haven't really done it yet. We're just sort of planning it. So I'll let you know, but, but yeah, that'll be, that's going to be my next really, really big marketing thing. So going from doing podcasts to doing video. And using YouTube, I've never used YouTube barely ever for anything. Yeah, so I'm very interested to see to see how that works because I use YouTube like crazy, and I'm sure obviously everyone everyone uses YouTube like crazy. So, and I could take just audio from these shows and put them up there, and maybe I will. But you know, it's a video format, so yeah, don't do it. Yeah, um, save your audio for your audio audience and do video. So you could work on the same topic, but they want to see the video, right? So. That's going to be a big initiative. I, I think I think that could even happen before the end of the year, but there's going to be a total system to it. What other marketing things I've done in the past? Certainly speaking, that was definitely a marketing activity for me, even though I did get paid for it. I don't think I've done any this year and very few last year. Possibly in 2019, I'll be doing more of that, but I'm not even sure. But that would be another marketing activity. Uh, I've experimented with pay-per-click ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of them. For me, that's not a good use of time. I've even hired people to do it for me, and it's just not its just not a good use of time. It pays for itself, but it's very distracting. What are some other marketing? PR, I don't do anything that I would consider PR. Social media. Mm, 
If you call that PR, then yeah, I do that. Um, oh, oh, no, I meant it's marketing. Okay. I don't know if it's PR, but it's media, it's marketing. Yeah, so I've got systems there too. So after we publish a podcast, I go through and each show has notes. There's talking points, there's quotable quotes, there are uh, related links. And I'll go through and take all of those and basically create a text document with the sort of quote or the, the single tweet length line and then link to the episode. And usually I'll get any given episode, there'll be from like 10 to 20 tweets that come out of it, basically. And I just put those in a text document, save it as a CSV and import it into uh, Meet Edgar, which is like a scheduling thing. They just automatically go out to Twitter and LinkedIn. So it's kind of like what you do on Mondays with your blog post, but I do it, with, it retroactively with podcasts after they publish. Actually, that's a good addition. I, I didn't think to mention that because what we do with the podcast is I'll write three tweets for the week that it appears. And then we maintain a database of all of those different tweets so that we can then repurpose. We can tweet them again because just because episode 17 aired when it did, that doesn't mean everybody saw it then. So it's evergreen content that you can keep using. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A lot of that sounds very similar to what I do. I won't bore people with saying I do the same. I think maybe where it's slightly different is, especially with clients, is that we create a playbook. And because I think what happens is, at least with my clients, is they get really busy serving clients. And so this kind of stuff just falls to the bottom. And maybe they'll make time to write, but social media just feels like, oh, I have to do that too, right? So the idea of the playbook is that it tells you kind of if it's Monday, this is what you do. If it's Tuesday, this is what you do. It will typically have the hashtags that you want to use in it, some of the core topics, some of the key influencers, so that you can hand that off to either a social media VA, you know, it's got to be somebody who's savvy, or even if you do it yourself, at least, you know, you have that, that guidance. So in my case, Kathy handles that for me. I write them because I feel like it needs to be in my voice, but then she takes care of distributing them and reusing them. Yeah. That's one thing that I don't do. And I keep meaning to do is I don't hashtag them, which I completely should. It's, it's almost a waste that I'm not, but yeah. Using hashtags can be an art form, and you also don't want to go crazy. I have some people in Facebook who use Twitter hashtags, and they use like 10 of them. I mean, it's different with Instagram. That's how it works. But Facebook's a little odd place to do that. Yeah, it does feel a little out of place on Twitter, too, even though plenty of people do it. But Instagram does. I mean, people put like 20 tags on an Instagram post, and it doesn't look weird to me because everyone does that. So. One is how you find stuff there. That's a point. You know, your, your strategy should follow the medium, too. Right. You have to be respectful of the medium that you're on. Yeah. Yep. All right. Cool. So very, very similar marketing wise. You don't do any advertising, do you? No, I did. I did some Facebook ads. I've done some LinkedIn ads. It's kind of like, uh, I'm with you. I mean, they've paid for themselves, but it's I just find them annoying. I really do. It's you have to decide how you want to do it. You have to decide what it is that you're putting out there. You've got to look at statistics because why do it if you're not? And I, I, I just don't get excited about it. I think it's that there's something about advertising that feels off to me for my brand. I do want to push my stuff out there. Don't get me wrong. This is not about being shy and retiring. But there's something about competing in Facebook with the ads that just bugs me. I, I don't like how it feels and it doesn't feel on brand to me. Same here. feels gross. It feels like very spreadsheety. Like I need to create an Excel spreadsheet to decide like 
my spend. It's just feel the whole thing is just like, um, this isn't how I want to use my brain. And even when I had somebody else doing it, I still had to answer the questions or like make decisions about stuff like this headliner and that headliner. Like, what about this? Like, I just forget it. Just forget it. It doesn't not work. And if you just totally love, I mean, I know some people who love messing with the sort of custom audiences, not messing with them, but you know, like turning the dials on custom audiences and like optimizing the spend and like playing the percentages, but it's all about the numbers. You're thinking about numbers all the time. And I'd really rather think about firewood. So (laughs) I just don't get off on it. It's a real turnoff. So I feel like it wouldn't be off brand for me, but I'm from the Seth Godin school. Like if people aren't organically sharing your stuff, make better stuff instead of trying to push it on, you know, mediocre stuff to the average people. And I'm like, all right, that's a little bit of like build it and they will come. But at the same time, I just don't like the way it feels. So it's I'm not really against it. If somebody does it fine, that's great if you love it. But if you feel like doing it is sucking your soul away, then stop and do something else. <laughs> You know, if you love it, Amen. great, go for it. If you love it. I mean, I, I don't mind ads. Like if I go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I don't care if there's ads. I, I like when they're relevant. I like when they're for stuff I didn't already buy. They don't bother me. I, I want to know about cool stuff. So I'm not anti ads, but if it feels like torture, then do something else. There are other things yes. to do. Yes. Speaking of torture, what about ad men? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Jonathan and I. I just hate admin. It has to be done. I love the people who do it. I so appreciate the people who do it. But for me, it just sucks all the energy out of the room. If I have to sit there and talk about, you know, this system versus that system, it's kind of like Facebook advertising, right? It's I just, I don't want to use my brain for that. I just don't want to do it. So I do have systems and I have a system for how we invoice clients. It's monthly. I just sent my invoice on October 1. I always send them on the 1st, unless it's a holiday. I send them using a system. I have my VA set it up and we hit send. We have email systems. We have, and we talked a lot about the tools. You know, we use ConvertKit. And there's, the system is, it goes on a particular day of the week. The blog post goes on Monday morning at at 7 Pacific. The podcast goes on Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific. The social media goes on certain days. And and at that point, it's administration because it's not about creating the content versus pushing it out there. We do bookkeeping, which is pretty simple on on an automated system. It's really just making sure that we've categorized different costs appropriately. I look at financials typically once a month. I get more serious quarterly because there's quarterly tax filings. Anything I can do to not have to think about a system, an administrative system or a systems problem, I will do. That's one of the reasons why I have a VA whose forte is this. She loves this. She's brilliant at it. And I love to give these things to her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So I'm trying to think what systems I have. It's mostly related to money, I think. I've got a great bookkeeper who I trust with my kids. Like she's amazing. I have a lawyer that I run stuff by like once a year, but he's like in place, so to speak. So like I know who he is. I know he'll answer my phone call or answer my email. They automatically deal with my annual corporate filings. Uh, I have errors and emissions insurance. That's just you set it and forget it. They draft like whatever it is, 70 bucks a month out of your account and you're insured for 
consulting type stuff. You know, like my office rent is automatically paid. Like I have a whole bunch of things on auto pay, all my business expenses that can go through Amex go through a single Amex card to make it easier for the bookkeeper, make it easier for me to see like what I'm paying for. There's sort of an adage with software developers that they're all lazy. That's why they became software developers. They don't want to do anything. So they program robots to do it for them. And the best software developers are the lazy ones because they're, they're great at programming stuff to do things. So over time, I have carved out particular things that I carve them out in a frictionless way. So if, if anything is a pain in the butt, I just don't do it. Before this podcast, all of my previous podcasts didn't have episode specific artwork because that's, I'm bad at that. That's a piece of extra friction. It's important, but it's not the core. Like the core is the audio file. I have to create the audio file. And there are a bunch of things that I could do around the audio file to kind of make it perhaps go to more people or whatever, like individual episode art, all the uh, tags that you can attach to the MP3 file, um, maybe syndicating it on Spotify and, and so on and so forth, which we do now, but I didn't do for a long time. Now it's easy. It didn't used to be easy. So anything that's hard, that's not a core piece of whatever the thing is, I just don't do it. Too bad. And I, and I like that strategy, that philosophy. It's all authentic for me because I'm very utilitarian. I'm not, you know, if you go to my website, it's like, it looks like a Word document. It, <laughs> it's like black text on a white page. So I, I make sure the words are really good. Or I try to. That's not your brand. It's not a lot of people's brand, but that's it hasn't hurt me, I don't it's think. It's authentic. Yeah. It's authentic. I, but actually, there's another example. Like I've tried three or four times to use WordPress. I can't stand it. I cannot stand WordPress. Sorry, Matt. I hate it because I'm a programmer. So I don't want to go through this interface where I'm like turning a knob over here to make something happen over there. I want to go straight to the source and change the thing that I want changed. So since I'm capable of doing it that way, all of the other stuff that makes it easier for other people make it harder for me. So, <laughs> right. So I just have a, I, I just have a static website as just like static pages. I do have a very, we already talked about writing, but I have a really strong writing system that it's got a workflow and, and I just upload a file. So, and that's it. It's wicked easy. I mean, so easy to bring it back to admin. I, I don't have that much admin. I don't invoice anymore. I don't. And when I did, it was all hundred percent upfront or recurring ACH payments. So Every once in a while, I'll have to send an invoice, but it's like a formality and it's like once per client engagement usually. So that's not really a problem. Everybody else just pays in advance through, you know, one of the tools we talked about last week, like Moonclerk or SendOwl and Stripe just sticks it in my bank account. So I think I'm probably forgetting stuff, but I just don't have that much admin mm-hmm. kind of optimized it out. Yeah. I mean, good. <laughs> yeah. Most of us didn't get into business to be administrators. You know, we <laughs> you came think? to, you know, sh- share our, our knowledge. Yes. Right? Yes. The other thing that people ask me about is contracts. Like they have developers, they do contracts. And like, I, I just wash my hands of all that. I'm like, I'm not a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Talk to the lawyer. If you have employees, there's a whole bunch of admin, but, oh, but yeah. that's different. Yeah. Let's, well, let's not go there today. Right. <laughs> so what about health and keeping yourself open for the future. Yeah. Uh, specifically on health, I do three, I have three things that keep me from going crazy. Definitely martial arts, two nights a week. I'm at the karate school for three hours. Twice a week, I go to a personal trainer who happens to have a gym in my building, which couldn't be more convenient. 
and that's an hour each time. So, you know, between those two things, I get a decent amount of exercise and then mental health is music stuff. And recently I've really started picking up the guitar a lot more, which is uh, interesting. But even before that, I would do uh, vocal exercises, you know, because you went to music school and you have to you basically have to sing, play piano, plus whatever your main instrument is. So I would just like in the car walking, I would do vocal exercises like a, like a crazy person, like, you know, like, like, yeah, that's, that's me. So my brain is like always thinking words, words, words. So like wherever that happens in your brain, I need to go somewhere that words don't really exist, which is music for me. So so between physical exercise, the sort of brain dead lifting weight stuff and the, the sort of middle ground it, martial arts is like uh, it's more of a middle ground. You do have to use a lot of it's a lot of mental effort there, but it's a different kind of mental effort and, you know, more like memorizing and mindset and that sort of thing. And then just music is just completely just no words like when I cannot listen to words anymore then like I don't even listen like listening to pop music if I was just going to listen to music it would be like Stravinsky or something like classical or instrumental jazz like hardcore jazz just so I'm not analyzing it it's just like overwhelms me with the complexity so I can only listen to it ah I get that yeah what about you it's somewhat similar it's for me working out is is a pressure valve I usually work out Monday through Friday, rarely on the weekends, unless it's part of something that we're doing for fun. But I just, I need it. I, I grind my teeth if I don't. And then for me, sleep is is really a big thing. I, I definitely need eight hours and I do better with nine and even 10 sometimes, which I can't believe I'm admitting that in public, but I love it. Just it, it's restorative for me. It's, it's huge. And then, um, Part of it is boundaries on the weekends because it's probably the same for you is, is most of my clients are running these businesses during the week. And a lot of times they don't even stop to think about their businesses till the weekends. So that's when I'm getting bombarded sometimes, depending on what's going on with emails about, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? I turn those off and I don't let them get into my headspace unless it's a true client emergency. So if I'm working on a weekend, it's usually on my own business or it's a client emergency, which really doesn't happen that often, right? A true client emergency. And then the other thing, and it, it varies, it's like your music. I need something creative. I usually need to do it with my hands or my eyes. So I love to cook. I love to come up with new ideas and recipes and experiment. So that will do it. If I've had a tough day, you will find me banging pots and pans around the kitchen <laughs> and, and you'll smell garlic and onion oh, at, a, yeah. at, a, at a minimum. <laughs> That's what will happen. Uh. Um, and But then I like the other creative things too. I'm interested in art and design. And, and some of that's as simple as looking at Instagram for uh, fashion designers or for interior designers, it just kind of soaking that up. I just need some boundaries where I don't have to think about this stuff, where I'm not 100% tethered and connected. And as long as I have some amount of that time every week, I can refresh. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about boundaries before. That'd be a good episode for people to to check out. I mean, my boundaries are very different than that, but everybody's going to have their own. It's a very personal thing. Everybody's going to have their own, what it works for them. And my calendar is like, there are very, very few things in my calendar that are 
immovable objects, like very few. So my schedule is fluid to the point where I think it would panic a lot of people. People were like, who even have an average level of predictability or routine. So it's weird because I do these things every single day or whatever, but I'll, it's almost never at the same time. It might be around the same time, but I'm just not looking at the clock. You know, it's like, I have to do this today. Now's a good time. I think my activities tend to gravitate to a particular area of the clock, but it's not like, you know, the things that I have to do every day are in my calendar at a particular time. And if you looked at like my nine to five, Monday through Friday, it looks like there's a lot of space there because there aren't that many things that, you know, like this recording, it's Tuesday at noon, right? Yeah. (laughs) For me, Tuesday at noon. And I don't think we've moved at once, 50 episodes, 51 episodes. So yeah, there are a couple of things like that, but not that many for me, but it's just like, okay, here's the list of things that needs to get done every day. And I don't really draw a big distinction about weekends or weeks or work hours or after hours, whether it's personal or business. Like if I have an appointment or a commitment or something that needs to get done, it has to get done. To me, I I don't really draw a distinction between whether or not it's like, oh, I have to take the dog to the vet or, you know, I have to you know, I've got a meeting with Lee. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Well, you know, I was more like that, not as far on the scale as you are. And then I read Dan Pink's book. I think it's called When. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's on, I my, was on my list. Fascinated by that in, in terms of what times of the day, depending on how your body clock works, what times of the day or the week or the month or the year you get the best results. And I experimented after I read the book and I was amazed at how much more productive I was when I followed his advice about what to do in the mornings and what to do in the afternoons for my body clock. So I try to follow that as much as I can. And when clients need you, they need you. So, you know, I do what's required. But if I can, I'll front load in the morning or in the in the afternoon, depending on what the activity is. Hmm. It's funny now that you mentioned because now I'm thinking about that. I have a couple of coaching students who don't contact me very much. You know, so like we've got these every other week phone calls. So there's like a two week period in between phone calls. And I have certain students who contact me a lot in between and certain students who never do. And listening to that, you might think, oh, well, the ones that contact you all the time must be, that must be more work or annoying or something like that. And it's actually, those are actually easier because it's like lots of little things. It's never like a big thing, but the, the people who don't contact me for the two weeks and then we get on the phone call, the phone call is grueling. <laughs> they saved it all up. It's all saved up. It's a two hour call. They're hitting me with everything cold. So cold and in real time. So if somebody's hitting me in Slack with like, ah, what should I do? You know, I've got to interview this person tomorrow. Any tips on uh, what I should think about to get a really good interview out of them? I, I don't think I'm a very good interviewer. And I can think about it for five minutes, 10 minutes. I can Google around. I can say, like, where is that? I remember reading an article about this that I thought was amazing. Where is that? So it gives me a few minutes to think about it. But if we're on a phone call and somebody asks me that question, you know, on a list of 40 things on an agenda, it's like, oh, it's way more work. It might sound like I have no respite from a mental health standpoint that I'm constantly have sort of bees buzzing around my head. It's not really like that. And, and again, I'm sure this is just like a me, you know, like a personal thing for me. I'd rather deal with smaller things constantly, not constantly, but like regularly than these big giant chunks of, I don't know, advice. I feel like the, the person doesn't even retain it 
as well when it's delivered like in a giant lump like that to bring it back to to like boundaries and like mental health like for me I feel like the sort of conventional wisdom or the common sense is that is more like more sounds like what you do or you know we, weekends are blocked off except for for emergencies and that it's not that that wouldn't work for me but it doesn't matter to me for some reason it's weird yeah see for me the weekends that's the time I can have with my husband and during the week it's harder so I try as much as I can to leave that time for for him to go out with friends and to be able to do that. Hmm. It is true that I'm constantly shifting gears, like eat from half hour to half hour to half hour to half hour. I, sh- I shift gears a lot. Like I'll be home. It'll be after dinner and, you know, whatever. Read a story to the kids and then answer a client question and then put the kids to bed and then write my daily email. It's like I'm. To me, it's like all one thing. Crazy. Yeah, it doesn't. That would make me crazy because I need these big chunks of time to work on strategy. If I go in and out, it, I lose like a half an hour to get back into it. So, and it's not that I do that all day every day, but it's I need big chunks like that to get my work done. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess the the moral of the story is you have to do something. So figure out what it is. <laughs> Yeah. And make sure that your health isn't the last thing on the list. I mean, that's something that is easy to build a James Clear style habit around. Exactly. Yep. Pick an action, take the action, do it again the next day. All right. Well, this is a marathon episode. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking at the time. I hope somebody's, everybody's still listening. (laughs) All right, folks. So we'll wrap it up there for you so you can get back to your systems (laughs) instead of listening to podcasts all day. So that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.